You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. And we're off and running on this Friday, December 4th. Hey there, you. How's everybody feeling? We've made it to Friday again. Congratulations to all of us. This is the Gordon Damer Show. This is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Oh, my goodness. Big Friday edition. We got all the week 13 stuff from the NFL. Who's ready for a big weekend of football? Jets, Raiders, the Colt McCoy experience as the Giants face off against the Seahawks. Man, oh man, who can handle all this excitement? I don't know if my heart can take it. But we'll get into the Week 13 football. Plenty of baseball to talk about today. We need to continue to crowdsource ideas. This is the power of the crowd, people. We need to come up with some side hustles. For the Yankees. Clearly, they are very strapped for cash. Clearly, the pandemic has affected their bottom line in ways we cannot even imagine. So yesterday, we came up with a couple of them. You know, the, the, the car wash balloon guy out in the outfield. Maybe you can put some advertisements on that. The guy just blowing. Whoa, that guy. You know the guy, right? You drive past the car wash. Or maybe have Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stan, both big strapping guys. They could be uh, spinning one of those arrows in the outfield, right? You ever see those guys on the corner? So we need to continue to crowdsource ideas, rent out Yankee Stadium on road trips to Airbnb, whatever we can come up with so that the Yankees can find the cash to finally re-sign DJ LeMahieu. And not just re-sign DJ LeMahieu, but, you know, improve the team. I don't know. Seems like a novel idea. So we'll get to that. Your phone calls, of course, 1-800-919-ESPN. But today is day 32 of the Regal Tumble, the battle for television supremacy. And I have buried the lead because the lead is we've talked about it for a while. We've mentioned it for a while. There's been some possibilities in the past that just have not worked out. But yesterday, for the first time, yes, yes, Jim Lampley, it happened. Our first double elimination of the Regal Tumble. It happened. Yes, it did. It did happen. So we'll get to that. Who's in? Who's out? Two new entries today, so we'll have a lot to do there. But it is week 13 in the NFL. And I don't know if you've been counting at home, but it has been 693 days since the Jets hired Adam Gase. And oh boy, what a time it's been. Out of those 693 days, how many of those days do you think? There's no way we could really know. But how many of those days do you think have not been filled with just constant complaints? (laughs) How many of those days do you – I mean, there's been off days, right? There's been been off seasons, which you'd have to think there were a couple of days, right, where the Jets did not come up on the station at all. But most of the – of the 693 days where the Jets have been active or in season – active might be the wrong adjective there. But in in season, um, which one – do you think, I uh, know that would be a verb, but whatever, you know what I'm saying. But yesterday for the New York Jets, speaking of it happened, speaking of shocking developments that actually took place, yesterday was one of those days. Because I believe for the first time in those 693 days, Adam Gase said something that I actually agree with him on. It might be the first time. And given how things look, it very well might be the last time. But it was a historic day 
because for the first time that I can remember, Adam Gase actually took some responsibility for the state of the team that he coaches, saying that he himself has not done a good enough job of developing Sam Darnold. Here's Adam Gase. Yeah, I came here to help him, help him develop his career, and we haven't been able to do that. You know, that's why these next every game is so important is keep trying to help him grow, keep trying to help him, you know, develop and, and see things the way that he needs to see them and play the way that I've seen him play in certain games. You know, at the same time, that it's that's what's frustrating sometimes about the quarterback position is you do need 10 other guys to do their job as well. You know, it's just like when he throws one of those really good balls and, you know, we have a drop, that's frustrating because it doesn't seem like a, a big deal. But for us right now, it's like one little thing and, and you know, it stops a drive and we got a punt like those things it's it's like the momentum shift it's some carrying throughout the game we need to do things well you know around him but at the same time it's you know it's on me to get him to play better than what he's played and so far I haven't I mean I haven't done a good enough job I, I mean I, I have to just keep trying to help him keep trying to help our staff put together good game plans dial myself you know we just keep keep trying to, to work as hard as we possibly can to to put him in the best position possible all right so there's Adam Gase And I think that that sound that you heard after that cut was played, or maybe even while it was being played, was the collective nodding of everyone who has uh, either rooted for the Jets or just simply watched the Jets. I think the general reaction has been uh, no beep. And if you added a third word onto that sentence, it would be no beep Sherlock. You know that phrase? Yeah, you've used that phrase once in a while. Right, yeah, duh. I don't know, Adam, whatever gave you that idea that you've not done a good enough job developing the quarterback? Yeah, I, you know, I know that there's still, what, five games left? I think it's safe to say that. Yeah, I think, I think that that is a fair statement to make. The only thing that Adam Gase has helped develop in his time as Jets head coach has been Jets fans' ulcers. That's about it. That's about it. And even that cut, if you listen to that audio, it's almost like he can't help himself pushing blame to others play the start of it again because uh, see if you notice what i notice yeah i came here to help him help him develop his career and we haven't been able to do that you know, we haven't been able to do that every- right like it's not i haven't been able. now he did eventually say i at the end of it it's a very long cut but even at the beginning yeah i came i came here to do that and we have not been able to do a good enough job uh, of that but at least I guess the first step to fixing a problem is admitting a problem. And uh, it, it's pretty clear that this problem, the Adam Gase problem, is going to go away uh, after the season. Sam, of course, is not blameless in this. And Jet fans will always excuse Sam because they just love him so much. And if they do ever include him in the blame game, he's always way, way, way down the list. But I think that he, I think he knows that it, it's probably over here. And, you know, Michael Kay brought up a good point that we used in the updates uh, during uh, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin uh, yesterday, was if, if Sam is not resigned to the fact that it's over here or if it's true that, you know, he wants to stay here and he doesn't want to go, well, then it's pretty simple what the goal is. The goal should simply be to win one game because if you win one game, the chances of you staying here I don't know if it jumps up to 50-50, but you'd have to say they increase exponentially. If the Jets were somehow to get the second pick in the draft, then there are no guarantees. Me, myself, 
from what I have seen and the amount of work you need to do, I think everybody just needs a fresh start. So whatever your value, whatever Joe Douglas's evaluation would be uh, of the quarterbacks outside of Trevor Lawrence, right? if the Jets end up winning a game and pick second, I would say for me, I would be looking at, all right, who's the best quarterback in this draft? If there is one that you are willing to bet your career on, if there's one that you're willing to bet your career on, then you take that person with the second pick. But I don't think that that's a guarantee. I don't think that that's a guarantee. And, and really, who knows what the Jets would talk themselves into because, you know, they are the team that talked themselves into Adam Gase. But I think what is clear, and I've been saying this for a while just to kind of restate it, the Jets are going 0-16. They are not winning a game. Find the game that they're going to win. The Jets are going to go 0-16. They're going to get Trevor Lawrence. And look, at the end of the day, if that ends up happening, I think you'll have the best quarterback in the division, right? I, I would certainly take him over Josh Allen, Tua, or whatever the Patriots do beyond this year. So the Jets are going 0-16. You're getting Trevor Lawrence, and they are firing Adam Gase. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. This idea that he'll somehow be able to talk his way out of, I don't care who's running the team. If it's Christopher Johnson, Woody Johnson, if they contact Magic Johnson, if they go uh, to Hollywood and uh, get in touch with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, the big unit, Randy, Jimmy Johnson, either one, the race car guy, the football guy, the 36th president of the United States, Lyndon Baines Johnson, former Eyewitness News uh, anchor, John Johnson. I don't care who it is. Howard Johnson, either the restaurant or the former, doesn't matter. Adam Gase is not going to be here after this year. Now, I will, I will say this. Doesn't it kind of feel like this is just basing it on just feeling and, and watching the Jets and, and kind of knowing the history. It does feel like the Jets will have at least one scare in them, right? Like for Jet fans who are, and every Jet fan, at this point, there is no reasonable Jet fan who wants to win a game. Don't tell me that you want to win any games from this point forward. Maybe you could have stretched it when it was like 0-4 and 0-5, and, and you say, you know, I just don't want to sit through an entire football season of not winning any games. At this point, the season's over. Nothing good, nothing good is coming out of winning a game. So there, I, to me, there's no reasonable Jet fan who wants to win a game. But it does feel like there'll be at least one game that they scare you and maybe actually, I don't know, have a lead or at least are competitive in. And that's the only drama left. I just don't know where that's going to be. I will say it will not come this week, right? The remaining games are Raiders, Seahawks, Rams, uh, Browns, and Patriots, right? I'm not sure if that's the right order, but those are the games. They're not, this is not the week that that scare is going to come. They, not after the way the Raiders lost last year and not after the way, uh, the, the, way the Raiders lost last week. So uh, that, that uh, is not going to be the week. But it does feel like there'll be one week that the Jets will give you a scare. And who knows? Maybe it does come down to week 17. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? I, like, I don't think that Bill Belichick would concern himself about, you know, Trevor Lawrence keeping him out of the division or anything like that. But, man, could you imagine? Oh, you think, you think Jet fans hate Bill Belichick now? I mean, at least in the past, when Bill Belichick has done things to anger you, it's been at the expense of his team, right? Like, his, he wants his team to win. He's going to do whatever he can to have his team win. But the, uh, if, they were to, if they were to lose, if the Patriots were to lose Week 17, there's no real benefit for 
Bill Belichick's t- that might be the most painful thing that Bill Belichick has ever done to you if after 16 weeks of winless football and at least having the silver lining of Trevor Lawrence sitting there waiting for you'd think all right at least we got that and then for him to snatch that away by I don't know how he would be able I mean I don't know how the Patriots would be able to actually lose a game to the Jets, but if there's a way, oh my God, that would be amazing. I, that would be incredible. That would be just for I, just to as a person who sometimes likes to watch the world burn. Oh my God, that would be oh that would be full. Uh, what is it? Five alarm fire? That would be a five alarm fire. Um, all right. So coming up, one eight hundred nine one nine ESPN one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. I've heard a couple of things about. I, I have other things. That, it's amazing the, the jet tree is ripe with fruit every single day. So I do want to touch on, I heard that yesterday a couple people saying, you know what, at least with Adam Gase, the team has not quit on him. (sighs) What the hell would that look like? But So I'll get into that. Uh, Also, are the Jets this year the worst team of all time? Are they the worst team of all time? It, I'll t- you, you, you might think that it's, cl- it's not close or it is close. You, even if you think it's close, you don't realize how close it is. Plus, we've got to get to the Giants. They've got the big game against Seattle. All the optimism surrounding the Giants. And, of course, the Regal Tumble, moment of inspiration. Oh, my good Baseball Yankees stuff. Lots of stuff to do. Want to hear from you. The Michael K. Show holiday broadcast is back. This year, we are giving you a chance to hit the airwaves with Michael, Don, and Peter with your holiday hot take. What is this holiday hot take? Well, everyone's got them. Fire one off, whatever your hot take is. I don't think it has to be about the holidays. I think it's supposed to be about sports. For your chance to win some holiday spending cash and your way onto the air during the Michael Casio's holiday broadcast Wednesday, December 16th. So what you do is dial into the holiday hot take hotline right now. Well, maybe not right this second. Work your thoughts out and listen to the rest of this show. But then dial in at 347-974-ESPN. That's 347-974-3776. If we need to spell out ESPN into numbers for you, I don't know how good the hot take is. Leave us a message with your best hot take. I thought it was going to be what the worst hot. I think we should bill it as the best hot take, but then actually give it to the person who has the most bizarre hot take. Maybe we don't want to give all the winners to Omar in Brooklyn. Four winners will each score 250 bucks and a shot at the spotlight during the Michael K. Show with the biggest name in sports, the Michael K. Show, 98.7 ESPN. I thought yesterday, I don't know if anybody else heard it, yesterday, you know, Don does the Daily Don, and it was frontman for, you know, whoever the best frontman for a rock band is. And I thought that Peter, trying to make the argument that the Beatles were John Lennon's band, I thought that maybe he was trying to win the holiday hot take, but I don't think he's eligible. He's on the show already. So there you go. The holiday hot take. It's uh, right there for you. Okay. It is the Gordon Damer show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN, New York. I know we've been talking a lot about the jets. We've got to get to the regal tumble. We've got to get to the giants. Uh, two things. A, the idea that the jets, well, at least they haven't quit on Adam Gase. What would that look like? Do you realize the Jets, as bad as they've been this year, when they played like an actual good team, they have been outscored 52 to 170. They have been outscored 3 to 1. So I don't know what quitting on him would look like. Maybe they should try that. 
after think about all the different people who have played under Adam Gase and then they left Adam Gase and they become a whole lot better. Maybe quitting on Adam Gase is the key to the turnaround. I don't know. So then the other question is, are the Jets the worst team of all time, right? There's been a bunch of teams that have gone winless throughout an entire season. The Browns, uh, the Colts team in 82, the, the Buccaneers, the expansion Buccaneers, the Lions in 2008, and then certainly it looks like the Jets this year. I think when you're talking about the worst teams of all time, uh, I, I think that at least three of them, you have to kind of give them a pass on it. The, the Browns from 2017, I don't know if it was a full-blown tank that they were trying to lose every single game, but there was definitely a feeling within that organization that they were losing games intentionally, like they were not trying to be good. So I think you've got to kind of have to rule them out of the conversation because, to me, if you're talking about the worst teams of all time, it has to be a team that was actually trying to win, right? Like if your goal was to not want to win, well, then you're kind of accomplishing your goal by going winless. All right, so I'm going to cross off the Browns off that list, do this process of elimination. 82 Colts. It was a strike-shortened season. I think they only played eight or nine games. So you have to kind of rule them out, right? They didn't go 0-16. And then the Buccaneers in 76 – I mean, of course they were one of, they were an expansion team. So, of course, they were going to be one of the worst teams of all time. So I don't really think that when you're talking about trying to win, uh, it was kind of impossible. You know, if you put together any team off the fly of, of the scrap heap of all the other teams, they're going to be terrible. So I think that when you really come down to who are the worst teams, teams that were trying to win and were not able to, it really is a two-horse race. It's the 2008 Lions, and it's the Jets this year. Now, the Lions, I kind of went back and looked. The Lions in 2008, their offense was actually better than the Jets, but their defense was just abysmal. Think about how bad the Jets' defense has been, and the Lions were worse. In 2008, Lions gave, uh, excuse me, scored 268 points, gave up 517. So they finished with a point differential for the season of 249. The Jets, I figured out the pace I did some math, and usually, I, I always tell you, my math is a little sketchy, but I checked it a couple of times, and I had coffee at this point, so my brain, as much as it can operate fully functionally, it was operating fully functionally. Uh, they are in pace this year, the Jets, to score 221 and give up 468. So the, the point differential for the Lions was 240, minus 249. The Jets are on pace to be minus 247. I mean, that's, that's a race. That's competitive. Certainly more competitive than actual Jet games. So you'd have to say that that is – and think about it, Their offense with an offensive-minded coach is the worst in football. And, and, and how bad is this? The team that's second, right? Like, it's not even clo- – that's not close. The second worst offense in football is the Broncos. And they just played an entire game with a practice squad wide receiver as their quarterback. And he threw more t- passes to the other team than his own. And they're second worst. And it's really not all that close. I think they have like uh, 30 more points scored over the course of the season. And when you're the Jets and you've only scored, what is it, 170 or something like that this year? Uh, that's, that's a pretty wide gap. It's a pretty wide gap. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Um, as far as the Giants. Enough about the Jets. Spent enough time on them. Giant Seahawks on Sunday. And uh, the, the race for six is on. The joy of six, that is the race for six in the NFC East. Can any of these teams get to six wins? And it's crazy to me that the Giants, 
The line for the Giants game, the last I saw, maybe I'll pop up my little fan duel here, which has uh, been taking on some, some water over the last couple of weeks. The Giants, at last check, I think, were 10-point underdogs to the Seahawks, whereas the Jets were only 9.5-point underdogs to the Raiders. That doesn't seem to make much sense to me at all because I don't think either team will cover, but I think that the Giants certainly will be closer. I, th- I, can, I can envision a scenario, right, like the Seahawks – I mean, they just beat the Eagles. Are the Giants going to be that much worse than the Eagles were? I, I don't know. I think that the Giant game certainly will be closer, even with Colt McCoy, even uh, making the trip to Seattle. I do find myself kind of snickering a lot at the overall optimism surrounding the Giants as an organization. And look, I have said, if I were a Giant fan, I would want to make the playoffs this year. I think that there is value in that for them. I don't think that that's true of all the teams in the division. But that, op- I mean, just understand that it's all a fluke. It's all an absolute fluke. It just so happens that you are playing in this outlier of a division of all divisions. Not like this, oh, this happens every couple of years. No, we've never seen a division where all four teams stunk. They all stink. Now, I do think that the Giants are the least terrible. But they're still not great. I mean, they've won four games, and that has largely been due to the fact they haven't played any good teams. Because every time they play a good team, they lose. Now, it's great that they're close, but that's still not a win. I mean, are we, are we that resigned to our fate that we, well, you know what, they, they tried hard. They played better than they were last year. Yeah, they've been the worst team in football the last three years. Ah, Gordon, you're just being that guy. Well, here, here's what I would say to that. Go win a game against a good team. You got three of them the next three weeks, right? You've played three games against winning teams, and you have not won any of them. And, and just to kind of pinpoint the, the, the NFC East, which I know we, we all kind of realize, the entire division, the, all four of them, have 14 wins. Nine of those wins have come against each other. So the other five wins have been against the Bengals twice, the Falcons the Vikings and the Niners. That eagle win over the Niners, that, that one is really crazy. So it's the race for six, uh, and I think you can cross the Cowboys off that list. I just don't know where, where the six are coming from. And, and maybe nobody gets to six. Maybe it's the Giants. I don't know. Eagles, I would think, are probably out of it. The only reason why I would say that they're not out of it is that they do have Washington and Dallas. And if you're trying to devise a scenario where a team in the NFC East wins a game, the best way to draw that up is to have that team in the NFC East play a team from the NFC East. And the Eagles still have two games against the division. One is against Washington. One is against Dallas. But, of course, that is also a positive for Washington. I mean, because they play the Panthers. Maybe that's a winnable. Maybe that gets them to six. Uh, they also play the Niners. That's not, I don't think, going to be a winnable game. You know, when you're talking about winnable games for the Giants, I don't think it's this week. But the Browns, maybe the Ravens, maybe the Ravens are just going to be, this is just going to be a year where the Ravens are just not good. You know, it seems like they're kind of falling apart. And then they do have the Cowboys the last week. So I know some of you wanted to see the Colt McCoy experience. I'm wondering what, uh, if we could ever poll people accurately. Maybe it was only 10% of people that wanted to see Colt McCoy instead of Daniel Jones. Jones, I'm guessing that that 10% is even going to be uh, reduced beyond this week. Once this week is over, I think it's going to be uh, even lower. So we'll see if the uh, Giants – I think they'll be at least competitive. 
And I guess I'm basing that at least partly because usually I'm watching Jet games those same days where I'm watching Giant games. So anything kind of looks more competitive than that. But we'll see if they can be uh, competitive this week as they uh, go out to Seattle to face off against the uh, Seahawks. I would think if you're looking at the remaining five games and you were to rank the winnability, this you'd have to say, right, this is the least winnable of the five, right? You don't have your starting quarterback and you're playing arguably the best team that you're going to play the rest of the way. So I would think if you were going to rank them however you want, if you were going to do poop rankings on the Giants' winnable games the rest of the way, I think that this one would have to be number five. This would be the lowest-ranked one. And the Cowboy game, that would have to be number one. And then how you rank the other three games, I would think the Browns, the Browns game would be number two because even when the Browns win, they don't, they don't really blow anybody out. And they, they primarily, you know, their offense is primarily based on the running attack. The Giants have done a pretty good job of that. Um, but I, I just don't see that this being a, a very winnable game for the Giants. But at least they won't be the Jets. At least they won't be the Jets. All right, one 919 espn 1-800-919-3776. More football stuff coming up. Uh, also, we got to get to the Regal Tumble. It is day number 32, and uh, yesterday it finally did happen, as Jim Lampley always tells us. It happened! Yes. It happened! Yes, double elimination yesterday. So two new entries into the Regal Tumble today. And we'll kind of recap what, who's in, who's out, all that stuff to come. Mo- uh, moment of inspiration. Big moment of inspiration for this Friday. The dude abides. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me, you know? Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. No, I do mind. Uh, the dude minds. This will not stand, you know? This aggression will not stand, man. It's like Lenin said. You look for the person who will benefit and, uh, uh, you know... I am uh, the walrus. You know, you'll... Uh, uh, you know what I'm trying to say? I am the walrus. Yes, the dude abides. Jeff Bridges, happy 70th birthday. I know he's been, uh, I think he's been battling cancer. So that's uh, certainly a scary situation there. But it uh, seems like I saw him put up some posts someplace uh, that he's doing well. So hopefully that's the case. 70th birthday for Jeff Bridges. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Yes, and uh, very unfairly uh, booted the Big Lebowski out of the uh, rewatchable movie bracket that we did. But even despite your poor taste of the voters, we are bringing the rewatchable movie bracket back when we get to March, which, look, can't get here soon enough, right? So, uh, but hey, I should also remind you, video chatting with the family this holiday season, we've got the perfect guest for everyone's virtual gathering. New York Jets quarterback Sam Darnold, yeah. It's 98.7 ESPN Sam and the Fam Sweepstakes. Here's how you win. Send us a brief message telling us why Sam should hang with your family for a 30-minute virtual huddle. Send that message to us at 987ESPN at gmail.com. That's 987ESPN at gmail.com. Winners will each get a -a one-of-a-kind experience with friends and family to have a virtual hangout with Sam Darnold. It's all for your home for the hookup and your home for the hangout. 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. And, you know, I was just looking at it. Uh, assuming the Jets, right, move off Darnold this offseason. The idea that the Jets would get a first-round pick back for him, I think that that window, boy, that's a very narrow window to, I mean, think about the, just think about football and think about the teams that need quarterbacks that would be willing to invest a, any team that's bad 
is probably looking for a quarterback. And so they're not going to give up a first-round pick for him. And then any team that, that is bad, it's even hard to find teams that are, that are good that would be willing to. Like, if you were to run down all the different divisions, right, you're not going to trade them in the AFC East, right? So go to the, the NFC North. I guess the Steelers are a team, right, because Ben's up there. But the rest of the division is out, right? The Browns wouldn't. The, the Ravens wouldn't. The Bengals wouldn't. All right, what about the AFC West? Well, the Chargers wouldn't. Broncos? Okay, there's a possibility. But they're bad, and they probably, if they want a quarterback, they could probably get one in the draft this year. Uh, the Raiders wouldn't. Chiefs wouldn't. The South? Titans? No. Colts? Probably not. Texans? Definitely not. And the Jaguars? Definitely not. So that's two teams out of the entire uh, AFC that are just even possibilities. And then the NFC, Giants, no. Washington, I would guess, right? They need a quarterback. But they, I mean, if they don't win the division, they're going to be high up in the draft. The Eagles, I don't know what their situation is going to be after this year, but I don't think that they're going to go after Sam Darnold. I mean, that's not going to solve anything for anybody. Uh, And the Cowboys, no. All right, so go to the NFC uh, North. Packers, no. Vikings, no, they're all in uh, with their guy, uh, Kirk Cousins. The Bears, again, that's not going to solve anything for anybody. Uh, and then the Lions, no. NFC South, Saints, no. Bucks, no. Falcons, probably. Maybe Panthers. Maybe the Panthers are in the market for, for a quarterback. But again, what are they, four and they're four and eight. So, I mean, they'll probably have a chance to, it seems like there's a, a few quarterbacks this year, so they'll probably be looking that way. And then the NFC West, all right, the Niners, there's a possibility there, I think. But the Cardinals, Rams, and Seahawks, they're all out. So what is that, like five teams that would be willing to give up, you know, a, what you would have to think is a second-round pick for most of them to, to get Sam Darnold? It's not, it's not the market that you think that it is. And, and that's how you can tell, you know, Jet fans are being a little delusional about, you know, Sam Darnold. Maybe not anymore, but uh, there is still a portion of them that are a little delusional about the, uh, the value of Sam Darnold. All right, speaking of uh, delusions, let's get to day number 32 of the Regal Tumble, the battle for television supremacy. And yesterday, it finally took place. We've hinted at it. We've seen the possible, possibly coming up. Some shows have just made it past the threshold. But shortly after we began it, the Regal Tumble, we put a rule into place. And by we, I mean I, that if any show... Even if you don't finish in last place, any show that finishes with below 15% of the vote automatically gets eliminated. And yesterday was finally that day. Good times and SpongeBob SquarePants. I have not seen a drop in any show. SpongeBob, I think, came in second the day before. before. Yesterday came in dead last, 10.5% of the vote. So they were ousted along with good times. Not such great times. They, they, never, they never promised you great times. They promised you good times. And uh, good times, th- those, they, those came and went pretty fast. So as we head into day number 32 of the Regal Tumble, two spots now available. So let's find out who is now available for day number 32 of the Regal Tumble. Everybody loves Raymond. Is it everybody or everyone? I think it's everyone. Everyone loves it's Raymond. Everybody. It's everybody? 
See, that shows you the level of disrespect. I put everyone. Everyone loves Raymond. I thought it was everyone loves Raymond. It's one of those things where, like, people think that the show's name was Sex and the City, but I think it was actually Sex in... No, do people remember? I don't remember. I never... Nah, I, it, nah, it was nah, not nah, a big... Now, now we're going down different wormholes. And yeah, I'd it was... Everybody not. refers to it as Sex in the City, but the show was actually Sex and the City. I remember it as Everyone Loves Raymond, but I, you're telling me it's... Every, and you would know you are a Raymond. Yeah, although I wasn't a big-time watcher of the show, I did see it once or twice. Everybody it seemed loves like Raymond. a decent show. Yeah, it was a fine show. It just never uh, – I didn't have any – it wasn't bad. It just didn't have uh, the juice that uh, is needed to be like, you know, destination television. So uh, everyone loves Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond. Fo- focus bo- – if you're an everyone loves Raymond fan or an everybody loves Raymond fan, uh, we'll see if they make it to tomorrow. And uh, if they do, I'll, I'll correct whatever the title of the show actually is. So that's the first entry into day number 32. Let's see who also is coming down the ramp. Now this one. Yes. Always sunny in Philadelphia. Which has not been so far this year. (laughs) Uh, That is not a show also that I have ever made like destination television, but anytime I've seen it, I have been. I don't know why I haven't. It's a really bad job by me because every time I watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I'm usually laughing within ten minutes of the sh- you know like the first ten minutes of the show. I'm, I'm hysterical and I love the characters and I love just the the general vibe of the show. But it's never been one. Is that where is that available? Is that a Hulu show? I think that's a Hulu show, and that's yeah, probably it's, one it's that on, I should it, get. It is on Hulu. Yeah, that, that's the problem. I don't have who I have a lot of things. I have uh, the HBO Max or Plus or whatever that thing is. I've got Disney Plus. I've got uh, the Amazon. And then I've got Netflix. Hulu is the, is the, if they were, you know, if we were doing a regal tumble, Hulu, unfortunately, is the one that gets thrown over the top rope. Maybe I got to sign up for Hulu. Is there anything else on Hulu that I would like? I don't know. I don't think that there is. And you, you have very dumb, specific tastes. Very? So. Did you say dumb, specific no, tastes? No, no, no. Very specific oh, tastes. Oh, very specific tastes. You got well, very offended there. I did. I, dumb. My taste game is on point. You can make fun of a lot of things. My choice in NFL teams, my, uh, my selection in uh, food choices, all these different things, my ability to host a talk show. That's all fair. But my taste game, that is, uh, that's flawless. That's flawless. So, uh, all right. So those are your four entries. For uh, day number 32 of the Regal Tumble. And just to make it clear, pod one, that was the ones that we were doing repeatedly. And we came to, at the halfway point of the contest, we allow those shows to have a little bit of a breather, get some fresh blood into the mix, because you don't need to be voting for Sopranos and Seinfeld every single day. So the pod one semifinalists, I've put them up on the poll question. It's Sopranos, Seinfeld, Chappelle Show. Those three will make it to when we get to the final six. When we get to the final six, they, those three shows will be back in the mix. Right now, we're trying to find out who the other three shows um, are going to be. And I will say, within the next week, one major show that if it won the entire thing, it would be justified. They will be part of the mix. So everybody keeps suggesting shows as I've pointed out countless times, even Ray, who has not even been on the show that long, knows the nomination process is now closed. But there's one show that's coming up in the next week that I think could very well, I don't know how the voting will go, 
but it could very well win the entire thing. And it would, and it would be justified. It would not be one of these things that I would protest in any way. It, it is, has a legitimate case to be made for the greatest television show of all time. But that one is not in the mix today. Today, it's everyone loves Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond. Everyone, everybody loves Raymond. We'll see about that. Always Sunny in Philadelphia, The Office, and Family Guy. Those are the four options. They are up on Twitter, at Gordon Dammer. You can vote on them there. 1-800-919-ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. And already people on Twitter telling me that Ray did say, I have dumb taste. So this might be an issue now. The, the relationship that we've been building, Ray and I, here on the show, it might already be fractured. Who knows? We'll find out. But coming up, we'll get your phone calls involved, some other stuff. I've got to get into the baseball because there's Kyle Schwarber. Is that a guy that actually makes sense for the Yankees? So we'll get into that coming up because now he's a free agent. Don't miss Disney's new movie, Safety, inspired by a true story of Clemson football safety. Ray Ray McElrathby starts streaming exclusively on Disney Plus December 11th, which with the way the days are just flying by, it's going to be uh, coming up pretty quickly. Is it next week? Yeah, it's like next week. All right, look at the way I figured that. I am, I'm just rolling on this uh, Friday morning. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Among the things that we have discussed today, the Jets are absolutely in the conversation for worst team of all time. It's a two-horse race at this point, and it is neck and neck. Far more competitive than any Jet game so far this year. We have, we've tackled that. Also, I have tackled the fact that I don't see any scenario where the Jets would get a first-round pick, even a low first-round pick for Sam Darnold. We ran through the teams. We ran through the possibilities. You show me where that possibility is, that there's going to be a team that says, you know what, let's take on this project. And that's what you'd have to say at this point Sam Darnold is. He has not thrown a touchdown pass since September. September! I just told you December 11th is next week! So I don't see where that number one pick is coming from. Uh, I also don't see where the, uh, the optimism is uh, getting a little carried away with the Giants. Uh, and the Regal Tumble. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. All right, let's take a couple calls. Do we have a couple calls? 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Is it Chris in Manhattan? Chris, what's going on, my friend? Hey, good good morning. Can you hear me? I can. Oh, okay, good. Uh, uh, first of all, great show. Thanks, uh, let me get into this real quick. Um, and I want to thank your producer um, for his, for his uh, candid opinion. Um, okay. Um, first off, you're in favor of trading Sam Donald, right? Well, I mean, if you get the number one pick, it, it's just, not just even a real, question. Just real quick, yes or yes or no? Because I'm yes. I'm, I'm a, well, I mean, it depends. I mean, it depends on the scenario. If the Jets win three games uh, and they have yeah. the fifth pick okay. in the draft, it changes my opinion from what it certainly seems like is going to happen that they have the number one pick. If they have the number one pick, no question. Of course, you trade Sam Donald. Okay, so in any scenario, Gordon, I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna hook that quarterback up. Let's go to free eight. No, sorry. Let's go to the head coach first. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you three choices. Choose quick, and then I'm gonna go to free agency real, real fast. If you don't mind, this is okay. Like lightning. I feel like uh, I'm on a game show. Okay, go. Head, yeah, head head coach. Mm-hmm. Okay, Arthur Smith, uh, Joe Brady, Kevin DeBoli, Robert Sala. Uh, I would take one of the two offensive guys. One of the first two guys you mentioned. Either Joe. I mean, I have to talk. I mean, Art, I have Art, to talk to them and see Art, what their opinions are on yeah, things as I well. Know. Just, but, just, but either of those two guys would be acceptable to me. Just remember, we're, we're, this, I, if I had if push came to shove, I'd probably go Joe Brady. Okay, now free agency. This is what we want to do. All right, okay. beef up the offensive line. How do you feel about Joe Thune? We're assuming all these guys come free. 
Joe Thune, yes or no? Okay, fine. I mean, yes, you okay, need to improve boom, the offensive boom. line. Okay, boom. Well, what's the point? Okay, so what's the point, go, Chris? Hold on, hold on. Okay. Wide receiver. Well, we, we, right. we only have until 6 o'clock. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin are all warming up right now. They're all very big guys. Okay, how about, I, how, how about we, we get, let's just say, uh, Chris Godwin? Okay, Boom, let's right all there. have pipe dreams. It's the, it's the time for Christmas wish list. Let's put together one for the Jets. Well, why not? You're, you're wishing for Trevor Lawrence, aren't you? And you don't know you're going to Because that, that seems like it's, an, it, it, it's coming. It, it's happening. Okay, all right. But you're like going 0-16. This is regardless of the quarterback. I'm just saying, okay. how do you feel about upgrading these particular spots? Yes! I'm giving you examples. Cool. Chris, Chris, look, all right. thanks for the call. Yes, Thanks. obviously you have to improve all the uh, – it's not – no one anywhere should think, hey, you know what, let's just get Trevor Lawrence, plop him in, and the Jets are good to go. No, obviously they're going 0-16 on the things on the wish list is everything. Everything is on the wish list, of course. Yes, you have to improve the offensive line. you got to find a running back. you got to – a tight end, everything, everything, defense, every position. When they come to you and say, do we need to upgrade this? You say yes. But the first one, the most important one, is the quarterback. And the good news is, is that that one is jet-proof. You go 0-16, it's not a question. Yes, you go out and you take Trevor Lawrence with the number one pick. Now, if you end up with the second pick, if you somehow, against all odds, win one game and you're picking second, well, then it becomes a little bit more of a question. But if, it, if, if everything remains as it is, and through 12 weeks of the NFL season, when it comes to the Jets, any given Sunday, every given Sunday, they lose. If that continues to take place over the final five weeks, it's not a question. It's not a question. And the nice thing is, I think that even just that move alone, you would have, to me, if I were going through the AFC East, what quarterback I would want for my franchise, it would be Trevor Lawrence. He would be number one. So at least you get that. Now, is that the only thing you have to do? No, of course not. You have a thousand other things to do. But in terms of Sam Darnold and moving off him, I think the point still remains that there's, there's no team, this idea that there's going to be a feeding frenzy for Sam Darnold, we ran through the teams. There's like five or six teams, I think, that would, be, that would make sense to trade something of value for Sam Darnold. But I don't think any of those teams would be trading a high pick for that. I, this, I, you know what? I'll give you one scenario where, it could, where I think you could maybe get a number one pick. If the Steelers go out this year win the Super Bowl, and then Ben Roethlisberger says, you know what, I'm going to ride off into the sunset. This is my swan song. This is my final year. And then the Steelers, who still have a very good team, but a huge gaping hole at quarterback, I think that that could be a scenario where the, you know, a team says, you know what, we have the last pick in the first round. We need to find a quarterback. There's not one that we're going to take in the draft and then develop over the next three years when our team's really good. That's a scenario, I think, where you could say, um, you know, we could get a first-round pick. But other than that, who's this team? Who, who is this team? Give, it, give me the team. We, can't, we went through the entire AFC. There might be two. There might be two. If Phillip Rivers decided to retire after the season, the Colts could say, yeah, you know what, let's give up. And again, that would be a very low first-round pick. I don't even know if they'd give up that. 
I don't even know if they'd give up that. And that, again, requires the, the guy who's there right now to retire. But the Broncos, I guess that's a, a possibility, but they'll have a high pick in the draft this year and certainly have a need at quarterback. I know that the, the talk has been that, uh, you know, that, that John Elway loves Sam Darnold. It seems like John Elway likes a lot of quarterbacks. It seems like John Elway likes all the quarterbacks. So I, I would find it hard to believe that he'd be willing, certainly not a first-round pick. Oh, my God, he'd never get on a first-round pick. But a second-round pick, that's at least a possibility of a place that he goes. It's, it's hard to find a team, you know, for all the talk about quarterbacks, it's hard to find a team that really needs, you know, the quarterback market after this year. It seems like there's only going to be like six or seven teams that would be really like actively looking to improve their, uh, their, their quarterback situation. And, and there's really like two or three in the AFC, you know, even teams like the Jaguars, clearly they have a, a hole there that they're going to have to fill. But I don't know if they're going to go about it uh, by, by trade. I think that they could just easily, you know, they're going to probably have the second pick in the draft. And I would like to think that they have figure out a way that they can, um, they, they, they can find someone in the draft with the second overall pick and at least the possibility of getting the first pick. Uh, you know, before we get out of here, I did want to touch on the baseball a little bit because uh, it does seem we, – we, I, I failed as a talk show host today. We did not come up with any other side hustles for the Yankees to uh, kind of recoup some of the losses from the 2020 pandemic, which that's all you hear about. And at least so far, while it's been a slow – you know, there's not really been any major moves uh, to start free agency. You know, it's not like the Yankees are, are setting the world on fire either. I did feel a little bit better – as I said earlier, I was listening to the K show yesterday and Michael yesterday. Do we have that clip of him talking about what's going on with DJ LeMahieu and the Yankees? Let's play Michael. Now, in from terms yesterday. of DJ, I believe that that is their priority. They desperately want to sign him, but there's a limit to everything. Well, you could ask DJ, who wants to play for the Yankees, is that a hill he's going to die on? So is somebody going to blink? Is there going to be somebody who swoops in who gives that fifth year and the Yankees won't? I, I don't know. All I can tell you is that from what I've heard the last couple of days, he is priority. He's a priority. Okay, so that's Michael. So, all right. So, the, I mean, look, it doesn't really take a, a rocket scientist to, to tell you that, uh, yeah, the Yankees absolutely should re-sign DJ LeMayu. But the uncertainty about payroll – that that leaves it kind of open, right? Like if DJ LeMahieu is, is adamant and it seems like there's not that many free agents that are like must-see, like if we're talking about must-see TV, like must-have free agents, it seems like DJ LeMahieu is one of those must – if there is a guy this year, he's, he's at the top of that list. So he should be at the top of that list for the Yankees, and, and Michael rightly points out that it seems like that is the case. The other guy that comes up uh, that because of the whole tendering process and now he's a free agent is Kyle Schwarber – who Brian Cashman has always been reportedly he, that's a favorite of his, that the Yankees, you know, when they were talking trade about um, Araldis Chapman uh, a few years back, that, that was a name that came up and the Cubs weren't going to trade him at the time. Thank heaven. Thank heavens Brian Cashman wasn't too much of a favorite of him because instead we got Glaber Torres, which <laughs> I think uh, that's a home run right there. So I don't, I don't see where Kyle Schwarber would fit in with the Yankees. And maybe there is. Uh, he's only 28, and the Yankees, I do think, need to find some lefty pop, and he definitely has that. I think it was John Heyman that tweeted out yesterday. If Schwarber had enough at-bats to qualify, his home run per at-bat, I think, would be 11th all-time in baseball. In the history of baseball, he would be 11th. So, and it's kind of a joke that we don't know that there's going to be a DH back in the National League this year, so that may, maybe that makes the, the market a little bit easier for the Yankees to have him. The problem is is that there's no real position for him to play on the Yankees. And he doesn't really have a position outside of DH. 
and you'd have to think the Yankee DH is going to be Stanton. So you can ju- the, the problem for the Yankees is not like improving the offense because like landing a guy. It would be easy to go land a guy. It's where does that guy play? Because it seems like they're pretty locked in to, to just about every position. And Schwarber is a butcher in the outfield. Uh, for anybody who thinks that he, oh, you know what, he can play first base. He's played, I think, one game all time at first base. So if I'm listing the guys that the Yankees should be going out and getting in terms of uh, available guys, the, the name Archie Bradley, the reliever, who just got non-tendered, that would be a bigger focus for me than uh, Kyle Schwarber. All right, it's going to do it for us for today. We're already out of time. Please vote on the uh, Regal Tumble. It is up. Two new entries today. It's either everybody loves Raymond or everyone loves Raymond. I think it's probably you're probably right, right? It is everybody loves Raymond. I screwed that up. But vote on it anyway. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. I make sure you back. make that clear on Twitter. They'll go after you. They, they probably will. But they, there's so many other things that they can focus on that they don't need to focus on that one. But we'll be back Monday starting at 5. But vote on the Regal Tumble. We'll break down, of course, the Jets and the Giants game. Whether you want to or not, we're going to focus on them on Monday. So we'll get to that then. But, and maybe by then the Yankees will have signed uh, uh, DJ LeMahieu. We'll see. See you Monday, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.